Hi, I'm Bill Small. And I'm Miles Hansen. And welcome to The Subtle Art of Not Yelling. A conversation about growing a business without needing to be the loudest person on the block. Less noise, more... Uh... Hey, Miles, I'm, uh, I'm a little upset with you. Why is that, Bill? Uh, I hear you're going to uh, see the Dodgers. Yeah, man. You jealous? Uh, I, I, I'm, I, I'm not okay with that because I don't get to go. Well, um, you know, sometimes in life you don't get what you want, but you get what you need. <laughs> are you going to see the Rolling Stones too, or are you just <laughs> quoting? <laughs> just, As a matter of fact, I I saw the Rolling Stones at um, at Shea Stadium in a baseball stadium. Uh, oh, once. cool! I did. Oh, wow! Rolling Stones. They're and still you playing? I think. Oh, they are actually. I think they're on tour right now. Uh, and you used to actually uh, play a lot of baseball, didn't you? I did. Yeah, it was my whole life up until. Uh, about freshman year after like sophomore year of college i decided to hang up the gloves if you will you know i i have i don't think i've ever asked you this but so baseball was like your whole life for a while and then you hung up the gloves so to speak do you still follow baseball pretty avidly or not so much or where are you with all that gosh life's weird um i would say that i so i'm not a big sports person i appreciate and respect sports and especially athletes but it's a lot of energy to follow and be invested in a team and a sport and so i kind of fell off of that uh, a lot of my friends you know watch football um and really i don't care so to answer your question i have no clue what's happening in any sport Except for now, I kind of understand what's happening in baseball because it's postseason and I'm going to a game, so I should probably know a little bit. Um, but now my favorite sport, <laughs> just to throw a, a curveball in there, no pun intended, is uh, UFC and fighting MMA. Because it's really? like, yeah, it's like physical. What, <laughs> Joe Rogan says this, I think. But it's like physical chess. Like You're just trying to see where the person's going to go, defend yourself, and then punch them where they're going to end up or or tap them out in a submission. And I think it's, obviously, it's um, violent, but uh, the strategy and the mental game behind it is is really, uh, really cool. Interesting. Well, not to keep going down a tunnel, but I've been watching the uh, uh, Muhammad Ali, uh, Ken Burns documentary that just came out on PBS. Oh, cool. I didn't know that was a thing. Oh, man. It is unbelievable to watch the way this man uh, moved in the boxing ring. was. It's just, it's kind of unbelievable. And just what a what an amazing uh, personality. And talk about someone who had a point of view and a set of values and just stuck to him. He didn't care what anybody else said about it. Yeah, he had a way. Float, float like a, a butterfly, sting like a bee. He was he was the man. 
I'm gonna have to watch that. It's interesting uh, how we do go through these different things where you're really into something for a while. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe as a kid or maybe later in life, and then you're not. Mm-hmm. And truthfully, I feel a little bit like that with marketing. Because I didn't know the first thing about, I never really thought about marketing per se in life ever up until around 2008. And then I was coaching for people who were really good at marketing their books and their information, so to speak on the internet like they were really good at it and they were also starting to teach other people how to do it i used to coach for a guy named joe vitale who wrote a book called hypnotic marketing because mm-hmm. he's a brilliant copywriter and uh and then i went oh okay this is a thing and so then i had to get really really into all right what's this all about how do you do it and you know what that's like you've been down that road <laughs> I have yeah man it's a journey and then the whole thing made me sick and pissed me off and I divorced it I, I want a divorce I want out I am done with marketing bye see you later we had a rocky relationship and and I didn't like it I've been through that as well so well, why don't we um why don't we kind of talk about the relationship that we all have with marketing? Because at the end of the day, we all are marketers, whether you like that word or not. And even if you if you know what it means or not. And, and we kind of talked about this. If you asked 100 people what's marketing, you're going to get 100 different answers. And majority of them, I would bet, would answer with social media, paid ads, um, you know, funnels and email marketing. And they'll give you this list of whatever tactics they're, they've heard of or are currently doing. And that's just, that isn't marketing. That's tactics, right? Yes. So um, to kind of set off this conversation, I reached out to some people and asked what is the their biggest challenge around marketing what questions do they have and the through line was endurance and consistency well momentum. you did it you did a little poll didn't you didn't you yeah. take a little poll yeah. what, what were the results of the poll so the question was what's your relationship with marketing and in order of um most chosen to least chosen it goes like this it's fine i don't know still figuring it out that was the most selected that's how most people felt the second is it's cringy and i don't like it the third is it's a lot it's tiring and annoying and then finally some people said i love i love it and it feels good so obviously most of those were a little more on the negative side because i do get a lot of feedback. I get a lot of that kind of language around marketing, like with my clients and stuff. It's, it's frustrating. It's overwhelming. It's, um, can feel a little cringy. Like I don't want to come off as salesy. I don't want to DM people like all these, 
kind of negative emotions towards it. So I think that talking about a relationship with marketing is really important because it's so skewed. People are told that marketing is easy and that all you got to do is these tactics and you'll win. And it's just, that's not true. Yeah. And it's, it, it, it's so funny too, because I had this conversation yesterday and uh, with a client and the subject of marketing came up. He's got a big project that's coming out uh, at the beginning of the year. And the one thing that we figured out is he doesn't know why he's marketing it. Like mm. He doesn't like in eight months, if I say, was that a success today? He doesn't know how to answer that question. And so one of the first things I always like to put in front of myself is why am I doing this? And how will I know that I've been successful? Right. Yeah. That yeah. sets up my relationship with it. You know, I, I used to make this classic mistake. What I got told was that it was easy to make money online. Yeah. Was that all you had to do was create or borrow or repurpose some information and charge some money for it and put it online and people would come and buy it. God, that's such bullshit. <laughs> but it, it gets stuck in your head. It's no different than I know musicians today who still, we're all still recording and making records, but we can't really make money on those records like we used to. Yeah. And the goal in the past, the goal when I started might've been, well, I wanna sell 10,000 or 20,000 or 50,000 records. But that's not going to happen. Nobody at my level is certainly going to do that ever again. Yeah. But it's hard to get it out of your head. It still feels like that's supposed to be part of the equation. Just like I still find myself having this automatic way of thinking, this underlying relationship with marketing that all I have to do is flip the right switch and I'm going to make money. Mm-hmm. And the minute that I have my relationship with marketing be about making money, it's over. I might as well ask for a divorce again right there and then because it's not going to work out. Yep. Um, man, yeah, I, I've been through, I mean, my, my journey started off with I studied marketing in school, which I always say, I really, I don't think I use any of that. Like maybe it kind of formed a nice solid foundation and, and broad understanding of marketing, but things change so much nowadays. And especially in the field of marketing that I really started learning it outside of school. Once I found, you know, virtual mentors, if you will, and programs and books and all that. And it really kicked off with ClickFunnels. You know, I've talked about my story. I won't go into it too much, but that was my first introduction to this new age marketing, which was heavily focused around making money. That's why I was attracted to it is because the promise was so big and the path to that promise was so short and it was all bullshit. I guess I shouldn't say all, but it the intention behind it was just... It didn't feel right. Oh, so that that's perfect. The intention behind it. Right. 
it's not because again the tactics are not bullshit. the tactics are just yeah, tactics exactly. and they either line up with what your end result is and what and who you are and the kind of work you like to do or they don't that doesn't matter the relationship is in the intention is in the goal is in the why mm-hmm. when i used to do that thing where marketing was all about making money it's because I was in, I had kind of put myself in a position where I needed to make money. Mm-hmm. And because I was led to believe you could do that easily online, I kept turning back to it like, oh, well, I should just do that here. And it never worked. I can't tell you how many times I came up with a different idea or a new course or a new class or a new something partnered with this person or did something with that person and made made a what I can only call now a half-assed attempt to put that out in the world and have some people buy it and it never worked mm-hmm. and for me after a while that's just disheartening and at some point I want to say maybe back in 2015 I just quit. I said, that's it. I no longer do anything online. I don't do it. Not doing it. And, and that was because of your relationship with it. How did that, how did it feel? Um, You know, my relationship with it was so toxic. Every time I would start to do something, uh, it was like I had failed before I even started. I would get halfway into into making, you know, something new. And I just I could I could see this is not it's not gonna work. I don't I don't have this figured out. I don't even know why I'm doing it. It was just toxic. It felt terrible. So I left it behind and and it totally freed me up. I went out in the world and I talked to people and people hired me. It was amazing. Wow. How does, <laughs> so that, how does that happen? <laughs> and the interesting thing is, and you and I've talked about this a lot, and I think this is why I've been able to come back to marketing, is that I finally was able to see that for me, there didn't have to be a difference between going out in the world and meeting people and talking to them, creating a community, creating a network of people that I know and who know me, that I could do the exact same thing online, that I could look at it the same way. And really that's what we're talking about, isn't it? It's how we look at it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really cool. I think that there's a lot of unlearning that has to do or that has to happen around marketing for most people. And so let's start with, if I were to ask you, Bill, what is marketing to you? No right answer, just kind of free flowing. Like what, what do you think marketing is? Creating and cultivating relationships. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. 
for why why though why would you do that well i mean look at its heart and, and as you said in some way we're all marketers mm -hmm. so we are we are always trying to bring people into our circle into our area of interest we're always trying even when we're not maybe doing it uh, intentionally yeah. yeah we are we are as humans drawn to building community and whether that's building it for ourselves or joining someone else's or getting in one and then finding other people who want to be in that with us we're all kind of always doing that so i think it's twofold one i'm a creator i've been making music my whole life and i've been coaching people and helping people for you know half that time and the only way for me to keep doing that as a profession and to keep it fresh and fun and new is to keep enlarging my circle, to keep enlarging my network, to keep finding new people and more people to talk to. Now, I don't have to do that all at once. I don't have to do it in one fail swoop, you know, and reach out to a million people at once. But over time, if, I'm, if you're not growing, you're dying. If you're not expanding, you're contracting. So my my effort is always to expand and one way to do that is in how i market so i feel like uh my why is so i can keep doing what i'm doing so i can keep doing the things that i love i love that bill that's awesome and and none of that's money first focused money is important but it's not the reason you do it because if you're doing something strictly for money then that's very unsustainable when it comes to marketing that's like a needy energy that's your personal that's like your personal problem that you're putting on other people come buy my thing because i need money well and it's it's unsustainable in a lot of ways i know for me and, and don't get me wrong i want to i want to really interject this i like making money of course i like it a lot <laughs> yeah of course you know, uh feel free to pay me uh, and i've said to you before uh the the minute my music career got really fun was when i really got deep down i don't play music for money you mm. still have to pay me yeah because i'm a pro and i know what i'm doing you got to pay me but that's not why I do it. And my coaching business is the same way. I don't do it just to make money. I'd be a terrible coach. So I don't coach people for money, but you still have to pay me. I love that. Yeah, same. And I have to look at marketing the same way. I'm not marketing necessarily to make money. Mm-hmm. And it, that's a byproduct. Right, exactly. Yeah. What's the intention behind it? And then money is a side effect, an outcome when everything else is aligned. Because you're truly serving people, you're showing up, the intention's there. So there's trust, there's 
community. There's real relationships. And what's been marketed and sold to us out there over the past, I don't know, at least decade or two with all these programs is, look, you can make money. Just start this thing. Like you said earlier, kind of um, this thing by the saying by uh, Seth Godin really resonated with me. This is not verbatim, but it's the lock and key. I think that we're sold and I've been through programs that preach this. Go create a key and then find a lock, which is absurd. That's just, that's not how things work. Instead, go find a lock, AKA a community, a, a small group of people that you want to serve. And then you can build a key based off of your relationship with them, your, your conversations with them, um, different iterations of that key until it fits and it unlocks and solves their problem and helps them and grows the community. I'm going to mess that up even further. Cool. And you and I have had this conversation because we've both done those programs where one of the first things they ask you to do, they say, create an avatar of your perfect customer. Oh yeah. I'm usually done right there and then. <laughs> and one day you and I really got in this deep conversation about it. And I started going through talking about my clients, my existing clients and say the clients I've had over the last five years and you can't put them on an avatar sheet. You can't do it, at least not the typical one. Mm -hmm. And when I think about music, it's the same thing. You know, so when I make a record and I put that out in the world, the bottom line is not everybody's going to dig it. Mm -hmm. Some people are. And those are the people that I want to be able to connect to. Yeah. As a coach, I've stood at a networking event where there were five or six other coaches and everybody, you know, those things where everybody gets up and does their one minute, hey, here's who I am and here's what I do. Yeah. And I was at one of those things and I was like at the end of the line. So like five other coaches had already been up there and said what they do, which totally screwed up my normal elevator pitch that I would say. So I got up and I just said, hey, listen. I'm a coach. There's a bunch of us here. I recommend that if you're interested in getting in working with a coach, that you talk to all of us and see which one of us resonates with you. See which one of us you go, yeah, I, I need help from that person. Because we're all going to tell you the same thing. But you're going to really hear it from one of us more than mm -hmm. the rest. And those are the people that I'm really looking for is the people who, when I talk about mindset and mindfulness and whatever other crap I'm talking about, that they, they really hear it, that they get it. That they go, oh yeah, I get, I get it the way he says it. I'm not the only person who's talking about that. Damn, yeah, going back to human relationships, that's really the core of all this. It's, it, we're not, yes, there's innovations and evolutions, but really we're not like rewriting the bible and and <laughs> reinventing the wheel when it comes to the tools and things that can help us 
solve our problems. It's instead the relationship and how we're going to hear it, how we're going to um, absorb it, integrate it, and use it. And if we're talking about coaching, then it's being able to resonate and connect with that coach, with your coach. Um, that's a really good example. I love that. Well, and if we're talking about a relationship with marketing, as I said, mine's been very rocky. Uh, we've we've broken up several times, got full on divorced for a while. We're dating again. And Congrats. thank you. Maybe. <laughs> uh but, you know, I think the goal in a lot of relationships, you know, my parents were married for 67 years. Wow. And oftentimes when we get into a long-term relationship or a marriage with another human, you know, the expectation is that we're going to do that. I mean, you, you stand up there and say you're going to do that for the rest of your life, right? Well, I mean, whether you do or not, that's what you say. Yeah. And if I'm going to have this business and I'm going to keep expanding my community and growing what I do, then there's this underlying thought that, well, I'm going to have to have a relationship with marketing the whole time. That's a long-term relationship. So without getting too tactical, how do I manage that? How do I sustain that? How do I do that in a way that not only works, right? Gets me the results I'm looking for, but it doesn't kill me. It doesn't beat me down. It doesn't uh, make me just have to quit. Yeah. Yeah. I love that analogy, tying it into marriage and long-term relationships because yeah we we're marketers like everyone is marketer is a marketer in some way and especially if you're a coach or you have a business you're even more so actively participating in marketing so how do we again the through line from everyone that i heard from was consistency and momentum and endurance and to answer that question from my own personal experience is to first zoom out a little bit and figure out what marketing is. And more specifically, what's more important to me is true ethical marketing, not this bro marketing stuff that's perpetuated out there, but ethical marketing. And to me, it's really just helping people at its core. And it's um, making change. Marketers make change happen. And so when you're, you know, we all have changes and change that we want to see in ourselves and in the world and in the people in our communities and in our lives, we want change. Like there's always, that's the only inevitable in life is change and death, right? So like I'm very passionate about making certain changes happen. So that if it's true and within my bones, that's sustainable. That's going to last because I see a future where that's a reality and I'm going to enjoy the journey getting there. Now, zooming in a little bit more specifically, marketing is, in my opinion, consistently connecting with people through stories, 
I know that that term is thrown around a lot, like a lot of different terms, but really ideas and stories, pulling from your own personal experiences, pulling from your clients and customers' experiences, sharing stories, that's a great way to connect and build a relationship with people. And then marketing is also guiding people through, we'll call it the decision-making process of whether or not to work with you or be a part of your community. And that process typically involves a lot of trust, especially today, and a lot of clarity. It's noisy out there, right? The whole the whole point of this podcast is you don't have to add noise. You can actually be very intentional with your words and people will listen. If you know what you're trying to do, who you're doing it for, what change you're making and who you're helping make that change, and you're clear on the wording around it, right? Messaging is really important because they're not going to understand your message if you don't understand your message. And then just showing up consistently. And I think to wrap up this rant, the biggest thing that we can do is change our energy from like right now monthly to yearly. Like if we're doing this for real, it, marketing and having success in your business and growing, building a sustainable business can and often will, reality check, take a long ass time. <laughs> it's, it's fucking hard, excuse my language, but it's, I, I say that to emphasize the truth which I think a, a lot of people get into starting a business and doing marketing thinking that it's going to explode and they're going to have crazy success. And some people do. It can always happen. But when you go into it with that and then and you have the wrong expectations and then they, it doesn't pan out, well, then you're left bummed out, drained, burnt out, and you give up. And, and that's not sustainable. You're making a great point. Uh just to further the reality check. If you look at statistics from the Small Business Administration, 70% of new businesses fail in the first five years. They don't make it past that. 70, damn. 70%. That's a lot. Yeah. And oftentimes it is because people have unrealistic expectations. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, a lot of times people put a whole lot of money into a business and they need it back <laughs> quickly. Yeah. And that's a, while, while again, and you're right, sometimes that happens, but sometimes a guy like Justin Bieber comes along when he's 12 and, makes a big splash but what about the other 10 million kids who probably sing just as good but nobody will ever hear them right it's just how it works mm -hmm. not everybody can be the flash in the pan not everybody can have that instant success it doesn't mean that you can't build a really solid profitable business it's just it's better to go in with the expectation that it's going to take a while. Yeah. 
Exactly. I think that's the biggest shift that most people need to make first. And it's not sexy and it's not tangible either. No, it's a bummer. <laughs> yeah, it sucks, man. I just want things to be easy. I know, right? But it it does make you have to really evaluate what you're doing. Yeah. Do I really love this? Do I really want to do this? Am I willing to play the long game here? Yeah. And some people aren't, and that's fine. But the sooner you realize whichever way you want to go, whether that's I'm all in, I don't care how long it takes, I believe in this change that I want to see happen in the world. If you're on that side and you commit to it with reality, within reality, then you're going to, eventually things are going to click. You're going to figure it out. So long as you stay curious, you show up consistently, you ship your work, as Seth Godin says, you know, you get out there and you fuck up a couple times, you put some shit work out there, and like, you know, get some con constructive feedback and continue to grow. Like I've been through that multiple times and I will continue to go through that because I believe in the change and I'm passionate about the problems that I'm trying to solve. And more importantly, the people. Like I, this podcast is a good example because this podcast is not for everyone. In fact, it's not for a lot of people because a lot of people don't resonate with the cadence of these conversations or the topics. It's not. Oh, you mean the, the meandering and rambling? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which I love. <laughs> I Not, not because I we're doing a podcast in that way, but because I love listening to other people who kind of meander and have conversations, the tactic stuff, I've listened to all those already. So I've gone through that and I've learned that they're all the same. Sure, things are evolving and it's good to take note of that sometimes, but more often than not, listening to like a Seth Godin who doesn't talk tactics, he talks intentions and he talks long-term, that is awesome to me because it's, more story driven it's human driven it's organic it um it leads to real change whereas the tactic stuff just led to me being overwhelmed stressed you know anxious um and not doing much not actually making like deep rooted change well you, know? you may you may have noticed that uh there's a lot of tactics mm -hmm. and you can find examples out there of those tactics working mm -hmm. most of the tactics that we know and we've heard about they've worked for somebody exactly mm -hmm. but when you're focused so heavily on the tactics a couple of things happen i think at least this is what's happened to me you try to do too many of them because you think well i have to do that i have to do all of these things <laughs> and that becomes totally overwhelming yeah. Or you have an unreasonable expectation about the results you should expect from any of those tactics over a given period of time, mostly because you think it's supposed to happen fast and it doesn't. Uh, I noticed for myself, I can, I can put a post on Facebook one day and I'll have a couple of people sign up on my email list and I'll get I don't know, 19 or 20 comments and a whole bunch of likes engagement, as we like to say. 
And then the next three, four, five, six weeks that I do that, it's like crickets. Yeah. Does that mean I should stop? No. You wouldn't have gotten those people that clearly saw value and resonated with whatever idea you packaged up and how you delivered it. You wouldn't have gotten those people and connected with those people if you didn't con consistently show up. Yeah, and, and I think that's, that's at the heart of it. And we could go back to any kind of relationship at this point. Mm -hmm. Consistency is huge. And showing up, consistently showing up. If you're in a romantic relationship with another human being, uh, consistently showing up is how you sustain that. Right. It, even with your friends, show up. Right. Talk uh, is cheap, man. Talk is cheap. <laughs> show up. Yeah. Uh, with your business, with your marketing. You don't have to do all of it all the time. You have to find the the thing you're trying now and show up consistently over and over again. Yeah. For a long time. Yeah, man. Well, here's to a long, happy relationship with marketing. <laughs> and to anyone else out there who has struggled in the same way we have, I invite you to unlearn a lot of the stuff that's cringy and forced and just doesn't feel good because marketing is a beautiful thing. Marketing has led to some of the most incredible changes in the world. And they will continue to do so. And I want to be a part of that. I want to do that. And I want us all to be able to use this, the tool and the skill of real ethical marketing to make the change that we want to see in the world. Amen. <laughs> Thanks, Bill. Yeah, I think that's good. Cool. Hey, thanks for listening today. Miles, can you believe people actually listen to this stuff? No. <laughs> well, if you liked it and you want to know more, you can go to... Wait, where do they go? Uh, it's... <laughs> Let me try that again. Subtleartofnotyelling.com Subtleartofnotyelling.com Does that have a B in it? There's a hidden B somewhere. I think it's... I think it's actually pronounced subtle and uh, people just kind of subtle kinda... art of not mm -hmm. yelling. So you can go there yep. and uh, when you're there, you can leave a review. You can send us a voice message, which is kind of cool. Mm -hmm. uh, you can get on our email list, uh, find out more about uh, what great and awesome people we are. And uh, man, I guess, I guess we'll just see you next time.